When a new year begins, it's always a time to look ahead of what's fresh and ahead of us. Having said that, I'm just about to look back on 2021. So uh, hello there, and welcome to my top 10 favourite movies of 2021. Uh, I was going to try and get this done before the end of the year, but I, I was a couple of films I wanted to watch before uh, I could do that, and then a couple of films I wanted to rewatch to sort out on the order, so we'll get to that. But yeah, you know, I did it on the 6th of, Jan- January, uh, my 6th of January last year, so I'm getting earlier, so there you go, there, there's that. So this is my top 10 favourite films of the year. I'm not saying these are the 10 absolute best films. All film is subjective, as we always say. These are the films that I enjoyed the most, the films I had the best time with, the films I was the most entertained by. So I'll give them a... I'll go into my top 10 shortly. I'm going to throw in some honourable mentions, though, films that I really enjoyed that didn't quite make the list, but they're definitely worth a shout-out and worth a look if if you haven't seen them or even heard of them, for that matter. So uh, starting off with uh, Peter Rabbit 2, really fun sequel. The first one was much better than I expected it to be. Same happened again. This was actually even much better than the first one, which was surprisingly good too. So there's that. Uh, Jungle Cruise with uh, The Rock and uh, Emily Blunt, Jack Whitehall as well, was really good. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Venom Let Me Out There Be Carnage had its flaws, but I enjoyed it. I still had a really good time with it. And so it's well worth a watch. Speaking of flawed comic book films, Eternals, I liked it. It's still a lesser Marvel film, but lesser Marvel is still good. Uh, having said that, Lesser Pixar is always still good. Luca, not as good as some of the best Pixar films. It definitely is one of the lesser ones, but it's still good. And it deserved better than just being dumped straight to Disney+. Plus. However, if you've got Disney+, Plus, well worth a watch. But the best animated film of the year for me was uh, Ray and the Last Dragon. Definitely worth watching. A lot of fun, that one. Mitchell's vs. the Machines was fun as well. That's on Netflix. So that's definitely a surprisingly good film as well. Uh, Mortal Kombat was surprisingly good as well. I enjoyed that film quite a bit. Had a really good time with it. So, And that was the first film that I've seen in cinemas as well. So when they reopened in the UK in May. So soft spot for that one as well. The Tomorrow War was way better than it had any right to be. You know, it was sold to Amazon Prime and it was great fun. Really enjoyed it. Chris Pratt was great in it. Great movie star. Fuck what Twitter thinks about him, quite frankly. They're just always whining about something. Uh, Army of the Dead was a lot of fun as well. Zack Snyder's other film this year, and which was really good. The zombie film, Dave Batista was great in it. And a couple of really good horror films as well. There was A Quiet Place Part 2. Really enjoyed that. Uh, Conjuring the Devil made me do it. Much I was never really a Conjuring fan, but I really enjoyed this film. Uh, Freaky was a lot of fun as well. It starred um, Catherine Newton, uh, who's going to be a major star. If you've not heard of her, she's going to be an Ant-Man, the next Ant-Man film, major star in the making. And, of course, you've got Vince Vaughn playing a teenager, (laughs) as you do. So, and... That was a lot of fun. So, uh, and Lin Manuel Miranda gave us some really good stuff as well. In the Heights was uh, better than its box office would su- would suggest. A really good film. I enjoyed it. Encanto, the, the another Disney animation that he did the music for. It's currently on Disney Plus now as well. So well worth a watch if you have if you haven't seen it yet. And uh, also uh, his directorial debut, Tick Tick Boom, which features another amazing performance from Andrew Garfield, which is par for the course now. So. Plus as well, and uh, the the great Victoria Justice was in a couple of completely different films as well, which showed her great versatility and how far she's come along as an actress as well. There was the more adult thriller Trust, really good, well worth watching. It's on most streaming sites, I think, now. And the uh, Netflix original Afterlife of the Party, really fun, really enjoyable, definitely worth watching. Uh, Victoria Justice is great. She's had a, she's done some really great stuff this year. 
those are the honourable mentions. There's a couple of dishonourable mentions I've got as the, the two worst films of the year, and it's nothing personal, but the same guy happens to be in both of them. I can't remember his name, but um, he's in the Matrix Resurrections and Candyman. It's like, I feel sorry for this guy. It's, it's got to feel like something personal, but to be fair, Trial of Chicago, Chicago 7, he was in that, and I like that, so thumbs up. That was a 2020 film, but I watched it in 2021, so, you know, there you go. There's that. So, yeah, but I think I have to, if you had to toss a coin between Candyman and The Matrix as which one was the actual worst film, I think I would say Candyman because it did feel like a big political lecture, like you were getting force-fed politics a lot of the time, and I'm just like, no, and the film was bad. There was no good scary scenes in it it just wasn't scary it's just the scariest thing about it is how political films can get nowadays but there you go there's that so that's that then the uh, eligibility for this is you had i had to be to get on the list was you had to be released in the uk and you know in 2021 or be i would be legally allowed to see the film in the uk in 2021 i'll get to that when it comes to one of them why i'm mentioning that so before i actually dive right into the top 10 there's a couple in the top 10 that you could argue maybe shouldn't be there, but I'm going to, so I'm going to do almost like a top 12 in that sense, because under normal circumstances, these two films would have got in the list, so I'm going to shout them out. West Side Story from Steven Spielberg, that was absolutely brilliant, so much better than it had any right being, and uh, Rachel uh, Rachel Besler, I think her name is, she's an absolute star, her social media is great, go follow her on that, absolute star, apparently she's going to be in the next Shazam film as well, she's fantastic, absolutely what more can you say and uh, Black Widow as well I really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun uh, we got fantastic stuff though from Florence Pugh now as well and this she's great as Yelena she's a great addition to the MCU the more we see of her the better it was great to see her in Hawkeye as well so uh, thumbs up for those films now we get into they would have there's a, an asterisk against a couple of films which is why I'm shouting those two out there here we come to the actual official top 10 we got there eventually. Number 10, we start off with not just a good movie, but a great movie, Free Guy. This was uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the little. This looked like it was going to be some sort of fun, fluffy, video game-esque film. And it is that, but it's also so much more. It's got such a great heart to it. The way the story unfolds, you wouldn't really guess it was going that way from the trailers that you got from it. Not only did you get the laughs, but you got the heart, the warmth there. Jodie Comer was amazing in this film. Absolutely fantastic. She's shown her great range as an actress as well. Even The Last Duel, which I film I liked as well. I forgot to mention that in the other role mentions. She was great in that. Incredible versatility. The amount of accents she can do is just incredible. Free Guy, so much fun. Just and just a perfect escapist film for and during times which can be quite bleak to get to be fair. So there's that. Here comes one of the films that's got kind of an asterisk to it. At number nine, Wonder Woman 1984. Now you're going to turn around and say, but hang on a minute, that's a 2020 release, is it not? Yes. But this is why I said legally allowed because it did come out in the UK in 2020, but it was very limited the release because at the time, it came out the week before Christmas in 2020, and it was out in Scotland. It was on in, like, one cinema in Scotland, in Paisley, I think it was, or Greenock. That was it. I can't even remember where it was. Greenock, which is quite a way out the way for me. I wouldn't be able to get to go there. Plus, there was also travel restrictions put on, saying you couldn't officially leave your your uh, uh, your uh, your postcode area, your council area. So... 
even if I tried to go, or want, I wanted to go, I wanted to go and see it if possible, but just couldn't. And then, of course, we weren't legally allowed to. So, however, we were legally allowed to watch it when it came on uh, premium rental in January. So it counts as a 2021 release. It would have possibly been my favourite film of 2020 if I had seen it in there. So it would have all definitely got on last year's list. So I've got to include it on this year's list. And it was it was great to have this because January's not really known for having big movies. So getting to see this during a time when there was a lockdown, you couldn't go out. There was nothing you could really, oh, unless to go to the same old food shops all the time, which, yeah, that gets old really quick. But to have this as some great escapism, it was a great night in over the weekend or two nights in because I had it for 48 hours. So I got to watch it twice. And this is where we say all films subjective. Like, a lot of people really didn't like this film. And I get that. It was funny how this film actually got the reaction to this film has been almost identical as the the action to the Matrix Resurrections, which is why I say I hated Matrix Resurrections. But if you like it, that's fine because maybe you'll get something out of that that I didn't. And there'll be a lot of people who hated Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, and that's fine. There's a, it's got its flaws, but I enjoyed it a great deal. It was a lot of fun. There was escapism. It was fluffy. It was entertaining. It was charming. Pedro Pascal as Max Lord was great. I have a really good time with this film. I even even if you took out the whole thing of it, there was nothing else to do watching it in January, I bought the Blu-ray and watched it again, and it stood up well. So what can I say? I love Wonder Woman 1984. It'd be one of those films, not long after, after I first seen it and first reviewed it, is when I started doing the It's Time to Show Some Love to series. That would be one of the films that would actually be perfect for it. So there you go. At number eight an actual official 2021 release. It says Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. This was a very important release because when this came out in September, a lot of people were expecting some of the films later in the year to get delayed because, you know, a Suicide Squad had bombed a, a month earlier. So if this hadn't done well, you could almost essentially have wrote off the rest of the year thankfully this film actually did well at the box office. You've got some people trying to say, ah, that did this and it didn't do it as well as other Marvel films. But yeah, true. But then again, how many people have heard of this character? You know? So there's that. And it was it was such great fun, so entertaining. I just, I thought the trailers never looked like fun. I, looked, I didn't know anything about this character going in and I got wrapped up in the war, the lore of it. Really enjoyed it. The characters are great. They're the type of people I want to hang out at a bar with. You know, they were so much fun. I wanted to see more of them in the MCU. But the, and also the martial arts scenes in this were great. The mythology was great. Loved everything about it. And of course... A great returning character as well, I must admit. So I won't say who it is if you've not seen it, but great returning character from earlier in the MCU. So massive thumbs up to Shang-Chi. And we should also say thank you to Shang-Chi for helping save the rest of the, the year because it could we could have had a very bad end of year if it wasn't for the success of this film. So thank you. And it was a success. Just thought I'd clarify that. And, but, and you've got all these people saying, oh, it was woke. I was like, no, no. I, I, I can see when agendas are being pushed and this wasn't a film when agendas were being pushed. This was just pure entertainment. So there you go. Number seven, No Time to Die, finally came out after all the all the delays in 2020 and even early 2021, 21, it got delayed from that as well, finally came out. And... Uh, Glad it did. It was absolutely brilliant. This is one of the films I had to rewatch again because I wasn't too sure about the the what position it would get into. And I did say in my I rewatched it last night because I got the Blu-ray for Christmas and I, I got around to rewatching it last night. 
And here's what I would say is, I did say back in my reviews, when I reviewed it back in October, and even in the spoiler talk when I spoke about it, I had a funny feeling I would like this film more when I get on repeat viewing because certain things weren't quite clicking the first time I watched it, but then it comes together in the end and it makes sense and it all pays off. And to be fair, yes, I did actually like this film better the second time I watched it. It's one of those ones. I still think Casino Royale and Skyfall are better films, but I also ranked Spectre above it the last uh, originally, but now I'm sort of back and forth. Cause I like Spectre more than most people do, but now I'm sort of back and forth. I, can't, I could maybe see the surpassing Spectre over time for me. But um, yeah, this film is great. Stood up beautifully to a repeat view, and it has its flaws. And yeah, some of the setup is convoluted, but it does pay off. And it is better the second time because you know where it's going and you know it's going to pay off. And it works incredibly well. It was one of those films... If I'd have done it just on first viewing, it would have got just into the top 10. It would have sneaked in at number 10, because to be fair, I think I enjoyed Free Guy, Wonder Woman and Shang-Chi more the first, on first viewing. However, I knew there was something kind of uh, this might raise up because it stuck in my head more than those films did over time. And I kind of thought it got better the more I think thought about it. And I thought, I think I'll like it more the more I watch it. And it's actually happened. So yeah, it was great. I loved No Time to Die. Fit and farewell to Daniel Craig as a wonderful James Bond. Definitely the best final Bond film a Bond's ever had, I would say, hands down. Not even a, a, any question about that. And I actually love Die Another Day for some strange reason. Yeah, I'm one of the few people that like that. So there you go. There's that. Number six is Cruella. This film was so much better than it had any right to be. And I remember, if you, if you said to me this time last year, you'd absolutely love Cruella film, I'd be like, I remember hearing this was going to get made and thinking, I love Emma Stone, she's amazing and she's great casting, but what's the point in making this film? And then I think it was February, the trailer came out for it, and you know, we're in the middle of lockdown, nothing to do, so I was like, I'll watch the trailer for this. And I was like, wow, that actually looks great. This is one of the, and it became a film I was actually quite interested in seeing. Ended up seeing it not long after cinemas reopened and things, and absolutely loved it it was it was great it's took a character that you've already done really good stuff with especially the first live action under one Dalmatians. it was great but you've now took this and done something different turned things a little bit on its head it was really clever it was really smart i have no interest in fashion and yet this film made me interested i was entertained throughout even though fashion's a central theme in it this did that way better than house of gucci did so there you go um emma stone was wonderful in this one emma stone's always good like zombie land 2 is kind of crap but she's still good in it it's just that she was kind of slumming it in that film because she's above that sort of stuff now she's too good for it let's be honest but you know she was absolutely wonderful in this film she was great and there was uh, Emma Thompson as the villain was fantastic as well. Uh, throw in it, Paul Walterhauser, really good actor as well. He's so good in this. I enjoyed that. So much to like about it. Definitely one of the best live action of the live action Disney adaptations. Did did something new with it. I've actually enjoyed a lot of the ones that essentially are just the same thing, like the Lion King one. I actually really do love that. It probably is my favorite one because I do. Still get my feelings. I'm getting wrapped up in it when I watch the Lion King live action one. However, this is probably my second favorite live action Disney adaptation. Cruella, absolutely brilliant. Into the top five now. Number five, Godzilla versus Kong, does exactly what it says on the tin. 
all you you just want the big guys to deliver and they do. You don't want the humans to get in the way and they don't. In fact, I quite like the humans in this film, to be fair. You've got the wonderful Rebecca Hall. She's a great actress. The, the little girl who was the uh, doing the sign language with Kong, that really worked. That's been the best human element of any of these, the Monsterverse films such as that have, have worked the best. That actually made sense. It was a good thing to do for that. It gave a human connection. I thought it worked really well. Anytime Godzilla and Kong are together on screen, it just mayhem happens and it's so brilliantly done. The CGI is perfect. It never looks fake or out of place. Everything just blends together. They absolutely kill it. What can I say? Absolutely love Godzilla versus Kong. Another very, very important film to me to point out because this came out, this was the first film with the HBO Axe Warner thing. And this went out in uh, cinemas early April. Well, American cinemas. And it did well. This actually opened the door because I think if this had flopped, you could maybe have kissed the summer movie season goodbye. There's a lot of films might have just thought, oh, we better delay again, we better delay. But the fact that Godzilla vs. Kong came out in cinemas and also with a home watching option and made money just showed you there was still an appetite for people to go out there and see films on the big screen. It made it possible. So we should all say thank you to Godzilla vs. Kong. And again, much needed escapism during a, a, a terrible time in the world. At number four, this is another one you can maybe put an asterisk next to, kind of, but not really, but I'll, I'll just say this. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, it's a film that technically I have seen before that was technically released in 2017, which does feature a lot of the same footage from a film that was already released in 2017. However, I do think it's classified i'm counting as a new film because well, why it was one of the best film experiences i've had this year obviously and to, it does feel even with the same scenes in it it feels tonally a completely different film you look at the stuff they've done with ray fisher's cyborg you can see why he was so pissed off about what happened with, with his storyline it made no sense originally but now you could tell even without knowing the stories about it you can tell that something was wrong behind the scenes there when you've seen the original film. But now you can see how this all comes together. It was great. I've only seen this once. So it's one of those films, maybe it'll raise up in time. Maybe it'll fall down in time. I, t I did want to watch it again before the end of the year, but just you know, four hours and everything. It does make it a bit difficult. But the, the one and only time I've watched it thus far, absolutely brilliant. Absolutely adored this film. It was... The moments as well with the black suit Superman were just incredible. I actually was standing up cheering in the fucking bedroom when watching this film. You can't really do that in the cinemas in the UK because it's more um, reserved. But I actually was like, yeah, you're fucking dancing. This is amazing. So it just got it so right. Love Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, and it was great to see him. We got to do Army of the Dead as well, which was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. Whatever happens now, we've got this whole Restore the Schneiderverse thing going whatever happens now, if he never, even if he never comes back, at least we got this and there was redemption and there was justification and vindication for Zack Snyder. So great stuff here. You hear the rumours of what they're going to do with the Flash and things and it sounds like Warner Brothers are about to fuck everything up, to be honest. We'll see. But even if he never comes back and does do the Snyderverse, this is one hell of a way to, to bow out. In a way, it can get him away from all the pressures and things like that. He can do other things and work with other people and hopefully work with other studios who will treat him better. That's all I'd say. So a definite win for Zack Snyder and a big thank you to him. Love this film. Number three, 
Ghostbusters Afterlife. This was one I actually seen it again this morning. I'm not long back from seeing it because I, I was able. The old farm game was called off because of football being called off in the Scottish Premier and that they've brought their winter break forward because of restrictions. So originally I'd be watching that this morning. Then I noticed there was a a small uh, a show in this morning of this film. So I was just like, yeah, I'll go and see it again. I'll I'll just go see it again. I was be wanting to go and see it again, uh, and it really held up well. Well, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Second viewing, I will say you can kind of feel the pacing issues a little bit in the first half of the film. However, everything pays off brilliantly in the second half, and it's not like it's slow or anything. It's just I noticed that a little bit more the second time. However, the the film just pays off brilliantly. The second half's wonderful. It just brings it is just a, a brilliant love letter to the original, but it also feels like its own thing. It's different with the callbacks. It feels that's fine. It's not like paying home homage to the original, but at least as well. It feels like its own thing. It still manages to do that. And I do think Jason Reitman has done a wonderful job with that. So Ghostbusters Afterlife, an absolute joy to watch. Absolutely loved it. And it held up beautifully second time. So we come to the number two, which is The Suicide Squad. It's it's a toss of a coin in many ways between the number two and the number three. And where I think Suicide Squad just eked out Ghostbusters for me is, I think Suicide Squad kind of hits high gear quicker, kind of really, really thrown into this film quicker. And whereas Ghostbusters Afterlife does take a little bit of time to hit high gear, to hit the absolute high gear, whereas Suicide Squad, you're kind of thrown into it almost right away. And, you know, and it keeps building momentum and momentum. This has been my favourite film of the year for quite a bit of the time. I mentioned as well earlier, this was a victim of the Warner Brothers HBO Max thing. I think as well this film might have done badly as well because a lot of people didn't like the original Suicide Squad, But whereas I actually do, I love it. But I do think this film actually took the original and improved upon it in every single way. And if, But it, also, it still manages to feel like a sequel to that, but also feel like its own thing entirely. And I think James Gunn's pulled off an absolute masterstroke with this. I think Idris Elbra was fantastic. He was more than everyone was thinking he's just going to be the Will Smith substitute. And while there were some similarities to the characters, he'd done his own thing with it and it worked brilliantly. Uh, Margot Robbie again was back as Harley and they gave her best performance yet, and that's saying something. There's still the same usual things that made her great, but she's also managed to put even depth, more depth into the character, which is amazing. She's done a wonderful job. And John Cena is just sensational in this film. Honestly, it's the, my favourite thing he's ever done in his career. He's incredible in this. I can't wait for Peacemaker. That show looks amazing. What can I say? Bravo to the Suicide Squad. Absolutely brilliant film. The whole uh, Warner Brothers HBO Max thing, I would say, I think there was some cons to it, but the one pro of it was that the Godzilla vs. Kong thing as well helped, and they did at least put new content into cinemas instead of delaying it all the time. So the Warner Brothers did help in the first part of the year but sometimes it it did did some harm it did harm here but then again it might not have done well it's maybe one of those films maybe it's not really a mainstream type of thing it's maybe a certain hardcore audience but the audience would love this and yeah i loved it as well so big thumbs up at least even if we don't get a sequel to this at least we're getting the peacemaker tv show and hopefully people will latch onto that too and we'll get more stuff from the universe so there you have it. And we come to the number one. And this really sh- shouldn't be a surprise. Yep. And this is one of the things I did say two and three were, were kind of, there was 
a very small margin between them. Even the number four spot, I think Justice League in protect, could potentially climb up uh, in the future. However, number one was undisputed. It's Spider-Man No Way Home. It was magic. The type of movie that reminds me why I fell in love with movies in the first place. This was magnificent. It just did everything right. It took the... It, it took everything, all the hype and everything, not only did it match it, it exceeded it. It managed to do things that you maybe could have guessed were going to happen, but do it in a surprising way and still managed to be unpredictable going into the end, which was remarkable. It just did everything right. It was, and even say, I think the storytelling was genius in this. They actually subverted expectations. It just hit that hit it right out of the park. It's one of those films when people say, oh, cinema's dead. You have to put everything in streaming. Yeah, streaming has its place and streaming's great and actually helped a lot during lockdowns and things like that. At least you were able to watch stuff. But this shows you that cinema will always have a place. And if people really, even all the scaremongering in the media, this film is still racking up huge numbers at the box office. So if people want it, they will come. And the same with James Bond in the UK, it was huge. So, you know, if people want to, really, really want to, they'll go out. So, and we should also say thank you, Shang-Chi, because if Shang-Chi hadn't done well, then uh, this would have been delayed. There's no way this would have came out this year. But we got the early Christmas present of Spider-Man No Way Home. I've only seen it once, but it's enough for me to know it was. I came out of it absolutely buzzing. It's the movie of the year. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. It's phenomenal. I absolutely loved it. There you go. That's that then. So there you go. That's my top 10 favourite films of 2021. So um, thanks ever so much. That was quite a long one, but thanks for... And it took me a while to actually get to the top 10, but there you go. All that babbling. So um, I might do a recording looking ahead to the films scheduled for release in 2022. The only thing about that is, you know... Things could get delayed and things like that. I don't want to tempt fate. But I might talk about some things in that. We'll see what happens though. So anyway, all the best. Uh, thanks ever so much for taking the time to listen and goodbye.